and welcome to another Tap Talks HR podcast. Today I'm talking to Tony Eames, founder of Total Active Hub, an organization that specializes in getting people more active together in organizations and in communities. Hi, Tony. Welcome to the Tap Talks HR podcast. Hi, Anthony. Thanks for having me. No worries. So, so do you want to quickly introduce yourself to the listeners to say a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I'd love to. Um, so, yeah, I'm Tony. I'm the founder of, um, as you mentioned, Total Active Hub. Um, and basically, I've run an organisation um, that is trying to get more people moving, particularly in, in the, um, within organisations, uh, which basically comes really boils down to an experience that I've had in my own, own, own career, um, spending 20 years in, in, in the corporate world um, and realising that everything I was doing, the successes, successes I was having, was all born out of um, burning the candle and not really having any good energy. Um, so I basically realized that I need to get more active. So I put a, a added fitness into my daily routine. Um, a year in, into that, I then realized I was creating this sort of new energy um, and the new energy um, just kept driving me through the day all the time and my career actually continued to accelerate. So um, I then stepped out of corporate because I truly, truly believe there's a gap um, where people need support and companies need support to help guide people how to create this new energy um, in the world. So that's what Total Active Hub's real mission is about, to help the long-term health of, of, uh, of employees. That's great. So it's, it's really interesting to see it's your experiences that, that sent you on this journey to, to help people be more physically active, which, which kind of brings us on to today's topic. And, and we're going to be talking today about the misconceptions of physical exercise, which sounds like it's going to be a meaty podcast. So do you want to start by talking to me and, and telling the audience, really, what do you mean by active? Yeah, I think misconceptions of, you know, physical activity being active, I think, when you, when you talk about being active, people automatically assume, and I see it in their eyes, that they can't do 5K, they can't do 10K, they don't go to the gym. But actually, when you think about what active really means, it's about moving more, it's about going for that walk, it's about finding something that fits in with you, with you your body, your lifestyle that gets you moving more, um, which you know supports you know supports you as an individual. And I'll give you a really good example of this. I've got a pacemaker. Um, I can't I can't go running. Um, so I decide I'm going to find a rowing machine and start a rowing machine because what my body can do. I go super slow, but I'm active. You know, I'm moving my body. I'm, I'm you know, and I think that's the key bit around being being active is a massive misconception for a lot of people and a scary it's a scary place to go when you ask people to be more active um and i'm assuming some of your listeners if they said to people you know be more active they'll probably know what some of their employees might be you know might be going through their mind i'm not an athlete it's not about being an athlete about simply moving more so so really what, what you're saying is uh, active isn't an on-off switch it's actually a, a graduated scale so what you're just saying is actually there's important for people to be more active than what they are now so wherever they are now just do something a little bit more be a little bit more active and there will be benefits so why is this important to organizations do you think about this physical activity i think it goes beyond uh, i guess there's a bit of a moral imperative um, in terms of organizations who employ individuals 
to work with them 40 hours a week and, and more in many cases. They sat down at a desk. They're not, you know, maybe for the, the whole of those 40 hours, there's very little movement in some cases. Um, and what I mean by moral imperative, you only have to go and look at the research, which is about one in six deaths are associated to um, physical inactivity. Um, about 25% of adults are not doing the recommended um, 150 minutes of movement every, every week. Um, and you just kind of got to look at the, you know, the cost of what that means, you know, the long-term cost of what that means, whether that's cost to, um, in the UK, the NHS, whether that's the cost of um, insurance to companies. So it's an important sort of, I believe, bit of imperative that we need to sort of like take ownership of it. Um, and, but it's also greater than that uh, in terms of what it means for the employee and the benefits it can bring for the employee through that activity. So, uh, you know, whether that's getting them more engaged with their colleagues, uh, where that's getting them to find new energy. Um, and also, if you think about what it does, it's, it's a foundation of holistic well-being. Um, so rather than and what I mean by that is if someone is struggling to sleep, it is proven that being more active helps you sleep. Um, if, you, um, if you want to go and create some engagement between individuals, doing team walks at lunchtime gets people talking together who probably don't talk typically in their day-to-day -day sort of world. So, you know, the old sort of a way of being in the office where you go and get your coffee, you'd be in a coffee queue, you'd be talking to random people. You kind of know you've got a loose connection. Those loose connections have got even looser over the last couple of years because of the pandemic. And in some cases have completely vanished. So we can use things like physical activity to bring people together, to create those loose connections um as, as a real benefit so there's the benefits are so wide and uh and far that you know it's really far reaching in terms of what you know what, what being more active can actually mean and that's interesting isn't it because so being more active within the workplace quite often leads to more social activity as well because you're doing things with people but also there's that warning that actually since the pandemic, some sectors have people working remotely, hybrid working now. And whereas you used to in the office, get up and wander from meeting room to meeting room, you can be sitting at your uh, dining room table, end of your bed, wherever you work. And actually you can quite easily not move at all because there's no reason to move. Yeah, and I think, you know, what's, what's really worrying um, and it sounds quite a scary thing to say, but sitting down at your desk all day is killing people, you know, and nobody will want to hear that, you know, who's got employees who are sitting in call centres or offices, people don't want to hear that, but, you know, there's a, there's a um, I've done a sort of bit of work recently just looking at some of the research around um, sedentary behaviour, which is basically a um, activities that involve low expenditure of energy, i.e. sitting down, and then what's called metabolic syndrome, which is basically a combination of illnesses like diabetes, high blood pressure, um, obesity. And you need to combat those issues like obesity, like diabetes. You've got to have high expenditure um, of energy to, to combat that. But because we live in a sedentary world, increasingly sedentary, not just at work, but also at home, then it's not that your body can't combat these long-term chronic illnesses. So, you know, we've seen that where people spend greater time sitting down, this metabolic syndrome issue 
is 73% greater chance of happening. So, you know, how do we, how, how, how do we collectively together try and get people moving more, nudging them in the right direction, finding ways to motivate them to, to move more, inclusive in terms of everybody moving more, not the people who are moving, that's kind of already done, it's the people who aren't moving to support and figure out which is a lot of people. Um, that's the danger that sits there, you know, sitting down at our desk like I am right now is not good, you know, and I, I ask a question to anyone listening, if those who sat down for eight hours, five days a week, do they notice a difference when they go and start moving more through the day or go to walk into meetings? You know, your body is not made to sit down. That's, that's, that's a clinical fact in, in terms of what we all know today. Um, so the question really is, how do we get those people moving without interrupting the, their, their day job and actually supporting and improving their day job? And which is great because I've got a question for you. How do we get people moving around more and get from less sedentary behavior? The exact question you just asked me. Yeah, uh, how do you do it? Well, I think you've got to kind of look a little bit around um, what we're seeing, a little bit around the job design, the company, the design of the organization. Because you'll often see, and I was at a, um, a meeting recently where beautiful day outside it was a hot day in the summer actually it was one of those lovely hot days we had and we said let's go for a walk at lunchtime you look around people in the office and they're all wearing their, their trousers their shirt uh, no ties but you know they have their jackets on their shoes on that's not clothes you want to go and go for a, a walk in and there i am in my uh, in my shorts my trainers my kind of you know like i trying to dress uh, as i normally do i'm ready to go for a walk why are organizations why can't we think about the design of work and go let's be ready to be more active you know come in a bit more relaxed clothing how do we do things like design work to, to benefit flexible working to say look everyone's life everyone has these layers in life that people need to people to be more active okay need structure right we, we operate very very well in a very structured world that's how we love to be um so when it comes to holidays, we see activities in our platform vanishing when holidays happen, bank holidays, Christmas holidays, because people's structures vanished. So they stopped doing it. So how do you therefore support individuals who might not be able, might have to drop the children off in the morning, okay? That's time for the gym. How do you let, let them come to work at half past 10? Because allowing them to go to the gym beforehand. So don't turn your nose up at the sums of like, can I go to the gym before work and go, oh, I'm not sure about that. Think about what that can do to that person's energy through the day. That energy coming at half past 10 will carry them all the way through till six o'clock and they'll be bouncing off the walls because of what that hour before work did. So I think a lot of it is about sitting back and looking at what's possible to basically you know, support that active workplace um, and also all of the tools that sit around within the business. So is it social engagement opportunities, football teams? Um, you know, I, I, I'm not a big believer in one-off things in terms of let's have a, a single sports day because it might feel great that one day, but having a physically good life, active life is every single day. There's no quick wins. There's no litter picking for a day. And, oh, we've just ticked the box. This is long-term. And we all know, don't we, if you go, and I'm sure you'll know, if you don't go and do your running for two weeks, well, guess what? That running on day 15 without anything happening 
it's going to be a really bad run and you'll feel lethargic, you'll feel lazy, you'll find it hard work. But if you keep a regular routine, you get your body gets super tuned into it. So it's very much a, a little and, and, and often approach is a great way to stay active. And, and, and I love the way you say we're structured animals. We like structure. So that almost then says that, that there's something around organisations giving permission. I think that's a, yeah, it's one word, actually, I, uh, I've used quite a lot. And uh, I found and that came from one of our clients, actually, um, at Buffnot Latham, uh, which is a bank in, in, in the city. Um, and one of, their, one of their conversations at the very beginning was, um, we want to give permission to our employees to be more active in work time. So, you know, at the end of um, this um, sort of uh, moment in time we had with them in terms of um, um, this special event we ran, they found that, well, we could see that their employees would be more active between 12 and 2, right in the middle of the workday. When, when we overlaid all the other companies we'd, we're working with, their busiest time was before nine and after five. So it's very clear that they've given this very clear statement out that we give you permission to go and be more active, to go and disappear for two hours, and they did. And, uh, and you could see the effects of that within the organization, within the feedback that you get from the users around the, you know, the, the engagement. They're still engaging with each other. They're going for lunchtime walks. They're getting WhatsApp chats going um, rather than going off and doing in your own Sort of world that you may or may not be doing so it's, it makes a big 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 impact by giving permission um and removing some of the barriers that stop you being active in 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 work time because life is hard outside of work so why does why should an employee think you should do it outside of work life's hard as well if you've got children if you've got we've all got different situations in life it doesn't mean it's easy just to go to the gym outside of outside before work or after work you know you might be a single dad with kids to look after you can't go to the gym outside those times so you know can we enable that through organizations to find a way to allow that to happen yeah and, and i suppose it's, it goes back to that little and often approach isn't it because actually even if you can't go to the gym before or after work if you've got a family and, and everything you are going to be active running around cooking dinners and and, and getting stuff sorted and then we expect you to sit down in front of a laptop and stare at a rectangular screen for eight hours without moving. It, it's almost like wrong. As you said, we weren't designed as human beings to, to, to sit down. It's, uh, it's a, so that like lunchtime is almost the perfect time. Well, yeah, and in theory, you know, if you look at, you know, there's quite a lot of evidence out there at the moment that you really need to be moving, you know, like 15 minutes, three, four times a day. Um, you know, and how do you, how do you go and sort of support support that it's easy, easier said than done you know in terms of again back to organizational design back to how you create culture of doing that and we we actually did an, um something recently with um with visa actually um cyber source one of their organizations around basically being active um over a time frame within the working day you know and you could it was very interesting the feedback from the users because at the beginning they were going oh my god i've got this work to go and do i, I can't have these meetings but once it was delivered back to them that, you know, this is a leadership message, we want to get you away from just sitting down all the time. They started to find ways of shortening the meetings, doing more walk and talking together, um, and that you find a way of doing it. So it feels um, quite difficult at the beginning because we're not used to 
to doing that. We're not used to going for walks at lunchtime. How many people really, you know, when you're working in some organisations, many, 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 you, what, is the, what is the lunch hour? Does the lunch hour really exist? Um, I'm, not, I'm not sure it technically does. It, it, it consists of you grabbing a quick sandwich and sitting back at desk to eat it. You know, and that's, that is not a good place to be. Um, it might feel good to some companies because you're getting people working, but that's not a, that's that's not high productivity. It's not high energy. It's not new energy. Um, and I always have this saying: um, when I go to the gym, and I'm and I go to the gym early in the mornings, um, typically around around six or seven. And um, when I'm on it, I come back, and the first thing I say is, I feel like a lion because the the energy that sat bursting to come out has been generated from that session in the morning. And I know exactly how I feel the day I don't go to and do that exercise in the morning, because I definitely don't feel like a line this morning, I'll, I'll basically say to the team, and I can feel the difference. Um, and the key is though, is not to forget that, is to then go and do something later at lunchtime, a quick 50 minute walk, do something in the evening, um, just to kind of keep your body, because it's not, you know, again, it's not built to, to sit for eight hours, um, it, you know, in, in a row either. So I suppose permission from an organization's point of view isn't just um, we're going to have a town hall meeting and I'm going to stand here as the CEO and tell you, I give you permission, the mortals, to go and, and have some exercises. Actually, I suppose bordering on stuff like nudge theory and tiny habits that actually you need to be reinforcing all the time. Have you have you done your your walk yet today? Have you have you got up and moved around in the last two hours, even like having a screensaver on your laptop come up and saying, how much activity have you really done today? Um, and, and yeah, I, I think, uh, I suppose I, I, I'm always bringing it back to the hybrid world of work. And I, I do understand listeners out there that not every sector is office-based and everything, but that move towards video um, meetings and they all take an hour and you go from one straight into the next one. Actually, if there's a one-to-one, why can't you make it a phone call? And walk out the front door and walk around for 20 minutes on a phone call before going on to your next um, Zoom or Teams meeting. So I think there's a lot there. I suppose we're now talking almost getting on to the point of actually what organisations can do. And have you got some examples of, of actually where uh, you've seen a, a, a tangible change in the, the activity inside of organisations? Yeah, and I think you know, if it's, um, I think that's really key. Is, you know, ultimately. We see a lot of um, um, offerings out there today where you can put some videos of physical fitness up, go and watch some videos. Here you go, it's all there for you. Well, actually, we don't quite work like that as human beings. We kind of need, you know, back to your point, we need little nudges. We need, we need something that's kind of a tangible action that sends us down. And, and I, I refer to this as a, uh, as a bit of a magic trick. Um, in the end, because what you get is when you pull a group of individuals together in the same community with the same typical beliefs, social beliefs collectively, and someone says, come and join me in this team of six to come and walk down the Thames path or come and do 30 minutes um, a day for the next 30, minute, uh, 30 days. That per many people, and we've got this in the feedback, I didn't used to walk. But I got asked to be in a team, and and I and I joined in. And guess what? Like after after five days, I didn't want to not miss a day, and I did 30 days. I never walked before, and that's the magic trick. The company hasn't done anything. All they've done is create a 
a, a system for people to pull together and find their own way to nudge themselves. So we've never seen, you know, if you go back to things like a motivation, self-determination model, or our motivation, you've got to give them the autonomy to go and find ways to do it themselves. Um, so, you know, they could choose to walk, cycle, yoga, right? So you give them the autonomy, the competency level they choose again, so they'll do it and stretch their competency. So this guy who didn't walk before knew he could kind of walk, started realizing he can walk a bit more and ended up doing like 30 days of it. Um, but he had the relatedness, I find it was a relatedness. So it was, it, was, it was related to all these six people in his team. So he didn't want to let the team down. So he's highly motivated by his autonomy of choosing what to do. He chose his competency to walk, which is perfect for him. And he was related because he was in a team. So, you know, finding that system approach um, has been incredible. So we've seen that. Um, and, the, and a really brilliant example is a team of eight people um, in Acer. Um, who were just based near, near Heathrow, they, one person every day used to go and get eight sandwiches for the team. Um, three months into the program of us launching, people being getting people more active and putting these systems in place, eight people went to get eight sandwiches. And that still continues today. So a really, really clear example of creating long-term behavioral change of people getting out going, I can I can walk and go and get that sandwich. That's a I can go and do that. Um, and then another, another example is Southwest Rail. Their their MD was asked to take part in a um, in an event uh, with a lady who worked at a station. Um, she didn't know the MD at all, but she thought she was email her and say, "Will you come and join our team?" Um, the MD joined their team. Um, again, it's one of these things where you got to move for 30 minutes, you know, across a number of days. Um, and in the evening, this MD hadn't quite done her her 30 minutes and she got a text message from this team individual who she'd never met at, at the station uh, who said, oh, do you mind going to go and do your 30 minutes? because We want to get our point today. You know, where would you ever see examples of that in level of engagement of completely different levels of employees engaging, having fun, motivated um, to create that connection? You know, 20 years in my corporate experience i've never seen those sort of things happen the only examples are when they do a big sponsored let's go and climb a mountain for uh, you know and do a special fundraise this is just a small thing happening in the background that's just naturally happening again back to the magic trick you know everyone's getting engaged at all levels collectively you know and i think that's what we need to be thinking about is how do we put systems in place to to use social connections and engagement um, and belief is similar beliefs within those communities, which you know you are as an organisation, to find a ways to bring to collectively move along, and you can find it. It's inclusive. You know, you can, like I say, you can seventy-eight percent of our people walk in, in, you know, in, in activities. So this isn't about a back to the first question about being active. It's not about running, it's or, or anything or weightlifting. It's just about doing your thing and your competency of what you're good at. And I suppose that's our point, isn't it? Because those people who are very active um, are just going to be very active anyway. So, so there's less of a health risk there for the organisation. It's those people who who feel that it, it's it's um, anxiety and risk of actually trying out a sport that they might not be good at. They've never been good at sports. They've always been told that. Well, actually, what you're saying is no, no. 
it's actually just about doing anything and i know it, it, on your your app you can do anything from like yoga pilates anything it doesn't even have to be in a straight line um yeah. so uh, uh what i'm when listening to you and you brought in self-determination theory that was really great because to me that's the holy grail of all leadership development that that, that i do that actually intrinsic motivation is what you aim for people to be motivated and motivate themselves because of the cultures and the environments that you set up around them and it sounds that if you go for incremental social um, activities where you bring people together to do small amounts of small amounts more exercise then actually what you're doing is creating positive culture you're, you're creating um, motivation and therefore you're creating engagement and one of the things I, I know organizations are struggling with at the moment, post-pandemic, very dispersed teams, is actually yeah. how do we get engagement levels back to where they were? And it's the social aspects that I think organizations have really struggled with, getting people to talk to each other ad hoc rather than just in the formal way that we do. So yeah. it sounds super interesting. Fantastic. So, Tony, we're almost out of time. Um, obviously, you've mentioned your your um, organization a, a little bit there through your examples. If someone wanted to learn something more about uh, Active Hub, where should they go? Uh, yep, so they can go to um, so totalactivehub.com. Um, that's where everything is hosted. Um, there's a, um, you know, we, we basically can set a little demo to run, run, run through the platform. Um, you can find us on, on, on LinkedIn as well. Um, you know, that, that's really the main place to go to. And I think, as a you know for me those anyone who's listening really it's about thinking about how the power of using an active workforce and what that can deliver long term for an organization you know it goes way beyond being even just physically healthy it goes into all the things around holistic well-being um helping loneliness helping stress helping anxiety helping menopause you know team engagement building resilience all these things is supported by a single quite simple thing i'll go back to moving more um and there's incredible power and i think i'd ask anyone the call just who's ever you know who may listen to this is just think about you know how to go and use use that energy and you know um you know that that's really our mission and you know to try and help drive that more and uh help people move more so essentially the add-on we always thought to employee engagement which was physical activity is actually the core to employee engagement and actually productivity and business performance i suppose yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you know yeah, absolutely well tony it's been an absolutely amazing conversation i knew this podcast was going to go with the, the click of an eye and, and everything and that's not even a saying so i'm so into it but um thank you very much for being here i i left with a load of new bits of thinking about what I can do to be more active myself as well as thinking about organizations as well so thank you very much for your time thank you very much and well that's about it for this episode listeners thanks as always for listening to tap talks hr to find out more about our other podcast blogs and white paper reports head over to tapsolutions.com we'll be back soon with another tap talks hr podcast but that's it for now bye